A trip to the ER. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios here at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. Hello, I'm Stephen Clark. A visit to the hospital emergency room can be a scary proposition, especially for older or younger patients. Yet it's a trip made by about 20% of Americans every year. With us to discuss what to expect in a hospital emergency room in the Bronx is Dr. Jeffrey Lazar, Vice Chair and Medical Director of the Department of Emergency Medicine at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Lazar. Thank you very much. So let's start out. What's the most common reason that people visit an ER? Uh, there's a range of, of common complaints that bring patients to the emergency department, and some of it depends on the season. But we see plenty of patients with colds and flus, back pain, abdominal pain, chest pain are some of the most common presentations. And then, of course, sort of mechanical or traumatic injuries, ankle sprains, sprained wrists, cuts, bruises, broken bones. Are these all appropriate reasons to come to an ER? Uh, yes. As opposed to an urgent care center or seeing your primary care physician? Sure. You know, it depends on a number of variables and, and factors. If a patient has a question about what is the most appropriate place to seek treatment, they can always start by trying to speak with their primary care doctor if they're available. But oftentimes, too, a patient may not know what level of care they need until they're evaluated by a doctor. So generally, my, my feeling is better safe than sorry. And if there's a question of whether you need to be seen in an emergency department, come to the ER and let us check you out. When do you call 911? If you have, well, 911 has plenty of uses, but from a medical perspective, if you have a medical emergency, you're concerned about your well-being or the well-being of a family member, and you don't know how to transport them safely or feel that they are too sick to be safely transported via car or public transportation, uh, then your best bet is to dial 911. Obviously, sometimes you have no choice, but if you can prepare, what kind of preparation should you do to going, for going to the ER? Sure. This is something I would encourage everyone to take a few minutes to do um, because we generally don't know when we're going to end up in the emergency department. So what, uh, what any uh, individual can do before ahead of time is to make sure that they carry on their person a list of their medications, the names of the medications, the doses, a list of your provider's or physician's telephone numbers. Oftentimes that will allow us to get a more useful history from your, your care physicians. And, uh, and a list of your medical history and any allergies. So sometimes what's very nice is either on a portable electronic device like a telephone um, or even on a piece of paper that you fold up into your wallet, you can list your past medical history, your medications, your allergies, your telephone numbers of uh, your providers or any family members that you might like to be called in an emergency. And it's amazing how much a difference that information can, can make in a, in a true emergency. How often do you get that? Uh, a patient who presents with all yes. that information. Remarkably, it is remarkably rare, which is uh, sort of interesting when you think about how techno technologically we are advanced these days. And we often carry with us a feel full uh, music library and books. And uh, if you're like me, a few thousand emails on your telephone. But uh, we often overlook some of the most basic and rudimentary information that is central to our well-being and our health. So if you're lucky enough to have never gone to an ER before, 
What happens when you get there? In most emergency departments, including ours, the first person who you will meet will be a uh, nurse greeter who will obtain uh, some basic information as your chief complaint, what brought you to the emergency department, and very quickly assess uh, your level of wellness or sickness. Uh, emergency departments operate on a sort of a system of triage where we expedite the care of those who are most ill and need immediate attention. So the first person you encounter will be this nurse who will perform the sort of screening triage exam and determine uh, what level or category of emergency this is, whether, you're, uh, whether this is a patient who needs to be rushed back to the trauma bay or resuscitation bay because they may be having a heart attack versus someone who, uh, who may have a lesser complaint who will then uh, potentially be uh, sent over to the registration desk to provide some basic registration information and then eventually be assigned to an area in the emergency department to be seen by a care team. I guess the reality is, is that in a busy city hospital, chances are you're going to have to wait, right? More likely than not, and, and that's probably these days goes for emergency departments everywhere. And again, oftentimes the wait time correlates with the severity of illness. So, uh, and I appreciate that this can sometimes be frustrating for someone who feels ill um, with, let's say, a bad flu, but that will fall behind in line if we get a critically injured patient from a car accident or an individual having a heart attack or a severe asthma attack. Sometimes it's very difficult to also to predict how long a wait can be. We can be preparing, literally be seconds away from going to see a patient and in those seconds enroll enrolls a couple of more emergencies that weren't anticipated. So uh, unfortunately it's very hit or miss. I, I can appreciate both as a physician and ha have, having been a patient and having had family members who are patients that the uh, the inability to control when you're seen and how long wait times can be very frustrating and we do our best to keep our patients informed. If you have a minor injury, a sprained ankle, something like that, is there a fast track system? We do in our emergency department from uh, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, we operate a uh, essentially what's an urgent care fast track area that is designed to see these lower acuity complaints and expedite their management and treatment. So if you're triaged to our CDU, our fast track area, even if the emergency department gets a string of very sick patients, this area is isolated and these patients are seen on a separate track and they won't be delayed by the sicker patients. How quickly in that case can you, can you can you be seen and then get out? You know, it, it's, uh, it all depends on the complaint. Okay, but, it, but I guess conceivably it could be within an hour or so, right? Oh, yeah, certainly. No, depending on the complaint, it may be within minutes. Will patients going to an ER always see a physician? You know, it is dependent upon the emergency department. We, uh, in our, here at SBH, we solely utilize emergency medicine physicians and pediatricians in our pediatric emergency department. There are hospitals that utilize what are called mid-level providers. These are physician assistants, PAs or NPs, nurse practitioners. And in some emergency departments, including other departments that I've worked in, patients had the potential to purely see a, a mid-level provider, PA or NP, oftentimes who are very expert and skilled in emergency medicine and work alongside emergency medicine physicians. I know at St. Barnabas Hospital, a pharmacist is embedded in the ER as in other departments. 
Why is that important? So this is a relatively younger new development in the field of emergency medicine, the idea of having a pharmacist based in the emergency department. And I have to say, it's one of the most brilliant developments um, in terms of improving the safety, the efficiency, the quality of emergency medicine operations. In the emergency department, as you can imagine, we see everyone from newborn up to, you know, I think my, my eldest patient may have been 104 years old. And we deal with medications to treat every form of disease and injury that you can imagine. Now, emergency medicine physicians are trained with a very wide scope of practice, but to have an expert in pharmacology uh, uh, who has a doctorate in pharmacy um, working alongside us to double check what we're doing to make recommendations and suggestions when they have other ideas to assist our nursing staff in the administration of the medications Um, the benefits also dealing with medication prescriptions from the emergency department it is a uh, incredibly important job and uh, it's just been a huge uh, benefit to our emergency department here at SBH to have a pharmacist present. I would also think if you're having a geriatric patient who may be taking 6, 9, 12 different medications, having a pharmacist right there can make a lot of difference. Oh, absolutely. It is. Um, it can be pretty amazing uh, how quickly medications, the number of medications uh, can add up in a patient with multiple uh, illnesses. And you can, you can run across a patient who's on 15 to 20 medications. So keeping them straight, making sure there's no duplications, reviewing them for, for uh, proper dating, et cetera, that's a huge task. And again, that's another area where a pharmacist is invaluable. I know we were discussing before the fact that uh, St. Barnabas Hospital is exploring having a geriatric e- ER. Why is that important? Sure. Well, you know, there's increased recognition that the elderly are particularly vulnerable in hospitals for a number of different reasons. They are taken out of their home environments. The hospital architecture from, you know, hard floors and sharp corners, um, not knowing where things are in the emergency department. There are a lot of features to being in a hospital that can actually put an elderly patient at increased risk. So the idea with a geriatric emergency department and geriatric floors and hospitals is to better identify the unique needs of the geriatric population and allow us to really hone in on how we can optimize their time and care in the hospital to to provide them with the highest quality of care, to guarantee their safety, and to get them out of the hospital as quickly as possible. Right, right. On a a personal note, I'm just curious, what made you decide to become an emergency room physician? Well, when I was in medical school, I actually had anticipated going into surgery and uh, went into, uh, in your third year of medical school, you start, uh, a student will start performing what are called their clerkships. And these are sort of basic rotations through the main areas of medicine to gain experience and uh, so they include internal medicine and surgery and OBGYN. And so when I started my surgical rotation, I was super excited and gung-ho, believing this is what I want to do with my life. But part of my duty while I was on the surgery service was to start any consults in the emergency department. So in between dealing with my surgical patients on the floor and going to the operating room, I would also go to the emergency department and to evaluate patients in the emergency department. 
And I very quickly realized how much I enjoyed being in the emergency department. There was so much going on. There were all types of individuals, old, young, well, sick. And there was just a, a level of action and intensity that I found very appealing. I also discovered or, or had the impression that in the emergency department is when patients are sort of most amorphous and most need help and assistance in figuring out what's going wrong. So there's a big part of emergency medicine that involves clinical diagnosis and having a patient present with a general complaint, and then as an emergency medicine physician, figuring out what that complaint is, how severe it is, and what needs to be done. And so uh, I, I discovered while working with surgeons that I actually was happiest while I was in the emergency department. And then one night, it was a, it was actually a Friday night, I went back to my, uh, my room uh, where I was boarding at the hospital and I realized that, uh, that I had to be an emergency medicine physician. I guess you never know what's coming in the door, huh? Exactly. I mean, from minute to minute. Uh, you know, and I've been an emergency medicine physician now for almost 15 years. And uh, almost every day I see something completely new and I, I continue to encounter, you know, aspects of the human condition that I've never encountered before. And it makes the work, uh, I think, it keeps it interesting, exciting, fulfilling, and challenges me to continue to grow every shift as a physician. And I guess especially in the Bronx, you never know what's coming in the door. It's true. We, we've seen everything and anything. We also live in a wonderfully diverse community. So while I practice here in the Bronx, it's not unfair to say that we run an emergency department that treats the world. And we've had patients arrive uh, from, you know, airplanes from the Middle East, from Western Africa, from the Caribbean and South America. So, uh, so in our emergency department, I get to, uh, to serve our community, but I also get to serve the world in, in an interesting way. Yeah, I, I, I know I was speaking to one of your residents who's from Poland, and she was mentioning that one time a... Uh, Polish-speaking patient came in, and I guess we don't have too many Polish-speaking patients, and suddenly there was a need for someone who could translate, and she sort of like jumped into action. She was very excited. <laughs> yeah, you know, that happens remarkably frequently. The other day, we had a patient who was uh, spoke only Vietnamese, and we have also, not only do we have a wonderfully diverse patient population, we have a wonderfully diverse staff here at the hospital. And sure enough, uh, one of our residents is Vietnam, of Vietnamese ethnicity. So our resident was able to come over and have a, have a conversation and help translate for our Vietnamese-speaking patient. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Lazar, we're running out of time, but I want to thank you for joining us on SBH Bronx Health Talk today. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much, Steve. Sure. For information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. And thank you for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>